Hi there, and welcome back to Good Distinctions. Good distinctions are the spice of life. I'm your host, Will Wright. Today we're talking about La Nuestra Señora de Guadalupe, or Our Lady of Guadalupe, the patroness of the Americas. And you're definitely going to want to listen to the whole episode. It's fairly short today because it's what a crazy ride. So in 1946, Pope Pius XII declared Our Lady of Guadalupe to be the patroness of the Americas. And in 1961, Pope St. John XXIII prayed to Our Lady as mother of the Americas, calling her the mother and teacher of the faith in, uh, to the peoples of the Americas. In 1979, shortly after the dedication of the new Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe, four miles from Mexico City, Pope St. John Paul II celebrated Holy Mass in the sanctuary. And this was his first international pilgrimage. In 1990, the Pope returned to the Basilica to preside over the dedication, uh, the beatification ceremony of Juan Diego. Then he returned to Mexico City in 2002 to preside over the canonization of St. Juan Diego. Uh, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his, uh, his uh, nickname. Uh, it's in Nahuatl, and I don't speak that language. And uh, my students actually make fun of me for trying to. So we're going to skip that. But St. Juan Diego's feast day is December 9th. St. Juan Diego was born in 1474 in what is now Mexico City, Mexico. At the time, Columbus had not even sailed on his first voyage from Portugal. Juan, also called Talking Eagle, uh, was a member of the Chichimeca people. And there are a lot of sources, including Encyclopedia Britannica, that refer to Juan Diego as an Aztec. Now, we're all about good distinctions here on Good Distinctions. And so here's one. To be clear, he was not an Aztec. His people were not the rulers of Tenochtitlan, nor did they practice human sacrifice as the Aztecs did. And uh, if I was writing this out, I'd put Aztecs in quotes because... The term Aztec was actually first used 300 years later by the German explorer Alexander von Humboldt. And I suppose in an anachronistic way, we could call St. Juan Diego an Aztec, but he certainly wasn't a member of the Mexica tribe that were the dominant ethnic group in the Triple Alliance. As a Nahua, St. Juan Diego did share cultural and linguistic affiliations with the Mexica, but the Chichimeca had a varied history with the Mexica tribe. Anyway, uh, the Vatican accounts what happens, what happened next. So this is from a Vatican source. When he was 50 years old, he was baptized by a Franciscan priest, Father Peter de Gond, one of the first Franciscan missionaries. On 9th of December, 1531, when Juan Diego was on his way to morning mass, the Blessed Mother appeared to him on Tepeyac Hill, the outskirts of what is now Mexico City. She asked him to go to the bishop and to request in her name that a shrine be built at Tepeyac, where she promised to pour out her grace upon those who invoked her. The bishop, who did not believe Juan Diego, asked for a sign to prove that the apparition was true. On 12th of December, Jan, uh, Juan Diego returned to Tepeyac. Here, the Blessed Mother told him to climb the hill and to pick the flowers that he would find in bloom. He obeyed, and although it was winter time, he found roses flowering. 
He gathered the flowers and took them to Our Lady, who carefully placed them in his, in his mantle and told him to take them to the bishop as proof. When he opened his mantle, the flowers fell on the ground, and there remained impressed in place of the flowers an image of the Blessed Mother, the apparition at Tapayag. With the bishop's permission, Juan Diego lived the rest of his life as a hermit in a small hut near the chapel where the miraculous image was placed for veneration. Here he cared for the church and the first pilgrims who came to pray to the mother of Jesus. And so when we look at the image of Our Lady, the miraculous image that appeared on the tilma of St. Juan Diego, it's absolutely incredible, and we continue to learn new things about it. First, a description is worthwhile. So the Vatican describes it thusly. The miraculous image, which is preserved in the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe, shows a woman with native features and dress. She is supported by an angel whose wings are reminiscent of one of the major gods of the traditional religion of that area. The moon is beneath her feet and her blue mantle is covered with gold stars. The black girdle about her waist signifies that she is pregnant. Thus, the image graphically depicts the fact that Christ is to be born among the peoples of the New World, and is a message as relevant to the New World today as it was during the lifetime of Juan Diego. End quote. So there's other significant miracles associated with Our Lady of Guadalupe. In 1571, Admiral Doria at the Battle of Lepanto carried a copy of the image aboard his ship during that battle. He said that it was the Virgin of Guadalupe's intercession which carried them to victory over the fleet of the Ottoman Turks, though they were outmanned and outgunned. And this is huge because the Battle of Lepanto is what stopped the Ottoman Turks from invading Europe, from taking over uh, Western civilization. So invoking Our Lady of Guadalupe and then receiving this large victory was seen as a sign uh, to those people that Our Lady of Guadalupe, the Blessed Virgin Mary, was with them. And there's also a tie to the Holy Rosary and Our Lady of Victory and Pope Pius V, and that's another subject for another day. It's really quite amazing. But in the 17th and 19th centuries, the miracles and odd things around the image didn't stop. In 1647, the image was covered with glass for the first time, in 1648, Luis Lasso de la Vega published a telling of the story of St. Juan Diego and the Virgin of Guadalupe in the Nahuatl language, and Our Lady continues to convert the peoples of the Americas. In 1667, Pope Clement IX instituted the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe on December 12th, what we celebrate today. That date is still observed. In 1746, our Lady of Guadalupe was named the patroness of all of New Spain, which at the time reached from Northern California all the way down to El Salvador. This patronage was fully approved by Pope Benedict XIV in 1754, and he granted a mass and an office proper to the December 12th feast day. But then, so skipping forward quite a bit, on November 14th, 1921, a bomb was placed beneath the image of the tilma. The bomb went off. It caused a lot of damage to the basilica, but despite going off just below the image, it didn't do any damage to the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Okay, let's turn to the eyes of the Blessed Virgin. So a photographer, Alfonso Marcu, in, in 1929, made the discovery of the reflection of a man's head in the right eye of the Virgin Mary in the image of the tilma. 
This was further confirmed by the investigations of a man named Carlos Salinas in 1951. And then Dr. Javier uh, Torrea Bueno, an ophthalmologist, also examined the eyes of the Virgin on the tilma and said that he too confirmed the reflections of human beings reflected in the eyes. In 1958, Dr. Rafael Torreja uh, Lavoine uh, publishes a study of the, um, I have no idea how to say it, I'm not an ophthalmologist, but the Purkinje-Sanson effect, um, something like that, which states that the reflection of images are inverted in the inner surface of the eye's lens. Uh, this effect which is present in the human eye, is present in the image of Guadalupe. Using modern techniques and magnification in 1962, uh, Dr. Charles Wallig, uh, an optometrist, discovered two images reflect in the eyes of the Virgin when studying a 25 times enlarged photograph, uh, photograph. In 1979, an engineer, Dr. Jose Aste uh, Tunsman, uh, found that at least four human figures are reflected in both eyes, including an image of a man who appears to be Bishop Zumaraga, St. Juan Diego's bishop at the time. On the tilma itself, now the eyes of the Virgin in the tilma are spectacularly miraculous, but check this out. So for 115 years, the tilma was displayed without protective glass. This means it was exposed to soot, candle wax, people touching it, incense used nearby, and despite a bomb literally going off beneath it, the material of the tilma has maintained chemical and structural integrity for almost 500 years. The same composition used for these sorts of tilmas normally only lasted for 15 years, not 500. Now the moon under the virgin's feet, the angel holding the cloth, and the rays coming from the image were are uh, added. They're on painted cloth that have been added over the years, but the original image of the Virgin herself was not painted. There's no sketch underneath it. There's no brush strokes. And it seems to have produ been produced in a single step, a single instant. Dr. Philip Cerna Callahan, a NASA consultant and biophysicist at the University of Florida, made these discoveries as he studied the tilma under infrared radiation. And that paper in uh, 1981 can be found in the show notes. So just amazing things present in this tilma, this, this miracle, this physical, tangible thing that we can go and see and that people have studied and scrutinized, uh, stands the test of, of reason and shows us how near Our Lady wants to be to us because Our Lady loves her children. La Nuestra Señora de Guadalupe is the mother of us all. She's the mother of Jesus, but she's also the mother to all the children entrusted to her care, whether Native American, Spaniard, or otherwise. Pope Benedict XVI reminded listeners in Brazil in 2007 of the words recorded to have been said to St. Juan Diego by our Blessed Mother. She said this, Am I not your mother? Are you not under my shadow and my gaze? Am I not the source of your joy? Are you not sheltered underneath my mantle, under the embrace of my arms? Our Lady of Guadalupe, wrap us in your mantle of love. Hold us close and draw us near to your blessed Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. Happy Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And uh, if you would, please go to gooddistinctions.com to subscribe for free uh, to get everything that I send out. I, we send out quite a bit of written content. Also have these uh, episodes on YouTube and Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please share it with your friends and family and uh, pray for me and know that I'm praying for all of those who listen and read to Good Distinctions because Good Distinctions are the spice of life. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time.